Good day and welcome to episode 42, Jackie Robinson of the Sunday Conversation Podcast. I'm Ben, across the table, actually, is my good pal Aaron, and we are... Presented by Loyalty Liquors. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of uh, what was his name? Damon Scott at the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, did I miss anything? Uh, no, I think you got it all. Show you got episode number. You got who your co-host is. You got Loyalty Liquors. Yeah, man, you, you remembered it all this week. I've changed. Actually, it's kind of funny you should say that. So last night, I like, I don't know if you ever do this. You ever like take like a trip down memory lane going through your Instagram stories? Uh, Yeah, the archive. Yeah. So I was doing that last night and I was watching, you know, back when when I used to do an Instagram story every Sunday to promote the show, which I should probably start doing again. I like, there's a handful of them where I'm like, subscribe, rate, review. I forgot to say that in the episode. Maybe by episode 14, I'll get it right. And like, here we are, episode 42. The intro changes every time. I forget to say it half the episodes. Like, so, like, are we actually growing as, uh, you know, as a podcast? Dude, I would say totally. Like, no questions asked. Not to mention we're uh, just like wizards behind the mics and, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, dude, I, I feel like uh, today we're going to talk about a topic we haven't really talked much about, and that's uh, the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we should mention the vaccine. Um. The first thing I wanted to say was like the quickest a vaccine has ever come to like market from, I guess, when they started making it to when it was like injected to the first per- patient was like uh, seven years or something. Most Is that other, true? Yeah, dude. Most other ones sure. were like 50, like 45 years, like crazy big numbers so the fact that they were able to just whip this up in like six months pretty impressive really you know it's like (laughs) like that right there like how do you know what's going to happen in 20 years they don't have any tests or or what what is that term like, um, well, you, you're, what are you, you're getting at? Like that they don't have, like, they're not going to have enough trial information to know like kind of yeah. what, what the long-term effects of it could be. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny not to get like too, too far off track, but I saw a meme that was like in 10 years, you're going to see commercials that say, you know, if you are having health issues and you receive the Corona, the, you know, the COVID-19 vaccine in 2020 or 2021, call this number. You may be entitled to, to, <laughs> to, uh, to money from a class action lawsuit. I just thought that was funny because obviously you see those commercials all the time from like if you were ever exposed to asbestos and stuff like that. But um, 
I didn't realize that that seven years was was the quickest the vaccines ever come to market, um, so to speak. I, I guess come to market is probably. Not I the right term. I to go along with the memes, I saw two of the best ones were. Uh, it was a guy and a girl walking on a beach, and they were both naked, and the girl had boobs and a and a big dick, and the guy had a vagina, and it was like uh, uh, outcome of, you know, the COVID nineteen the COVID nineteen <laughs> Um, and then the other one was it was like a animation or whatever of like a a nurse and a and a patient having like a conversation back and forth and it was like uh so i can still get the virus if i get the vaccine and the nurse is like yeah he's like well i don't have to wear a mask anymore right and she's like no you still do he's like well are the the uh pharmaceutical companies liable if anything happens nope nope she's like the last one's like so why am I doing this again? She's like, I don't know. I'm just doing what I'm told. Yeah, well, that's that's the scary part. And, I, and listen, I don't I don't know anything about the legality of of vaccines or and before this gets too far, I am not an anti-vaxxer by any means. I mean, I was vaccinated as a child for whatever so the hell you, you know, whatever the hell you get vaccinated for, polio and smallpox and all that shit. Um, but that being said, it should raise some eyebrows. And I'm sure this is common practice for the, the pharmaceutical companies. But the fact that there's no, they have no liability whatsoever, if anything were to go wrong, you know, you know it should, should make, make you, you just, just feel a little, little bit uneasy. uneasy. Now, I, I don't, I don't know, know a hell of a lot about this vaccine. vaccine. I've done a little reading. I know it's an M- mRNA uh, ribonucleic acid, not a big deal. Um, the vaccine and from what I understand the way it works is it, it basically triggers your body into thinking that it has COVID-19 which then in turn gets it to create the antibodies and then therefore you uh, you will have the antibodies going forward and apparently by dose number two apparently if you get two doses of it it has a 95 or 96 percent efficacy rate um, what I do know is that I think I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time a vaccine of this type has ever been rolled out in mass production. Like they they had been tested since the like 2013. They've been testing them, uh, but they had not rolled one out in mass production. And then now they're they're rolling one out. And if I'm not mistaken, they tested them originally on Africans, like like in Africa, Africans. And uh, which is kind of fucked up when you think about it, that like, you know, they go to, you know, arguably the most, or actually not even arguably, the most impoverished uh, continent on the planet, and they just test vaccines on these people. Um, That alone is kind of fucked up. But anyways, um, I I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I won't be getting it. I have the antibodies. But okay, man, let me ask you a question. What if... And we may have talked about this weeks and weeks ago, but it becomes a necessity to leave the country, let's say. Oh, dude, what if it 1,000% is going to be? 
dude, but, like, and that's the problem, dude. Like, we are, like, if no one speaks up and just, like, kind of keeps doing this and just allowing people who don't give a shit about you to tell you how to live their life, like, you think fucking high-level politicians are getting zapped with the fucking, um, the vaccine hell no they're not even touching the modern american diet they have organic farms that produce you know all heirloom whatever vegetables everything that you know no gmos no you know pesticides all organic it's like they're living a completely different lifestyle than all of us Yet they're telling us, you know, oh, you do this, this, and the, you know, it's like, it's the ultimate, like, I have power over you and I'm going to fucking take advantage of it. You know, it's like, I don't know. Obviously, I'm passionate about this subject, you know? Yeah, well. Well, and I, I, I don't think your passion's misguided. In, in fact, like, so if I'm not mistaken, and these numbers could be off, but I think they're right. The flu shot every year has like a 40 to 60% efficacy rate, right? So like you can get a flu shot and there's still a 40% chance, even at the high end, that you will get the flu, right? Do you ever get a flu shot? Never. Yeah. I've so never that, that was actually what was leading me into my next, my next point. Last, last year... Uh, no, actually earlier this year, like in January, I went to go see my doctor, um, about something completely unrelated. And, uh, you know, we, we talked for a little while, you know, about the reason I was there. Um, you know, my left leg had fallen off and, and we were trying to figure out a solution and it, it came up a conversation. She said, you know, have you gotten a flu shot? And I said, no, you know, I, I never get the flu shot. And she should ask why. Well, I said, I've had the flu before, and I get that the, you know, the strain tends to, or it changes every year for the most part. Um, and I said, you know, it was a, it was a rough couple of days, but whatever, it's not that big a deal. I get sick, and then I'm done. young, I'm healthy, I take care of my body, I, I eat a decent diet, like, you know, I'm not overly concerned about the flu. And she said, well, herd immunity is a real thing. And I said, sure, you know, I get it. I said, again, you know, if I were to get sick, I'd stay home. I'm not like going to endanger people by going out while sick. And I said, you know, like, I just, it doesn't feel like a necessity for me. Make a long story short, we ended up spending more time going back and forth about whether I should get a flu shot or not than what I was actually there for in the first place. And that was really telling to me because it's like. Yeah, because Aaron, she doesn't make any money off while you were there. She makes money off zapping you with a flu shot yeah yeah no i i get that and like i there is like when we however long ago it was when we were talking about purdue pharmaceutical like my understanding is that it is technically illegal to incentivize doctors to write prescriptions for things but if purdue pharmaceutical is any indicator it seems like it's something that still happens you know, and, and just for anybody who is either just tuning in or doesn't know the story, Purdue Pharmaceutical, the company that, that was producing Oxycontin, uh, got fined an absurd amount of money 
uh, and it was found that they were incentivizing doctors financially to keep writing people Oxycontin prescriptions, more or less getting them addicted to the drug, which either you know progressed into heroin or you know killed them where they where they were. Um, and then the government subsidized the company, took it over, and is still producing Oxycontin. So if that doesn't show you where big pharmaceutical interests lie, it's very telling. And then and one other thing, Ben, I, I want to bring this up. Um, this is interesting to me. Pfizer, which is one of two companies whose vaccine is, is in mass production, and I believe it's the one being currently distributed. I found this very interesting. Financially, it has not helped them at all. In fact, their stock prices, their share prices down. Yeah, I actually did see that. The, uh, the vaccine has been rolled out. And, you know, I, I don't know that that means anything, but you would think that a company who in reality is, uh, you know, close to at least getting the country, getting the world, I guess I should say, back to, you know, a sense of normalcy in the last week, which, you know, this week is kind of the first week the vaccine was getting rolled out down 9.7% a share. It's funny because I bet if they, if they came out with a new Viagra, they'd go through the roof. Yeah. Well, unfortunately they don't have the patent to Viagra anymore. Really? Yeah. Pharmaceutical That's why all those, is that why like all those, um, like Roman and all that? Yep. Yep. Mm. Yeah. They, they, the patent expired and cause I, I think a utility patent is good for 18 years and then it was listen say what you want about donald trump one of the things he did was he allowed a lot of these patents for these drugs that companies basically had monopolies on to expire so that there could be competition in the market and generic alternatives could come out for cheaper and you know therefore force the name brand product to be cheaper as well so like you know that's a good move i mean if if you look at the pharmaceutical industry and the insurance industry and how they've been in cahoots with each other over the years people get fucking raked over the coals for prescription medicine you know, I, I'm a asthmatic and I remember years ago, I didn't have health insurance really. And my, you know, inhaler that I buy once a month, once every month and a half was costing me $370 a month. And then I get health insurance and it cost me 25 bucks. So like they just rape people over the coals for, for name brands of shit. Yeah, man. It makes it, I guess, a, what, a free market item again. Yeah, exactly. A little, a little. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, hey, I guess we chatted about the vaccine shit. I don't like want to go too crazy, but. <clears throat> well, listen. I at least wanted to bring it up. wrap that up. You're not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. I, I, what scares me the most is, is that situation we kind of talked about where if it does become something that's mandatory. But in, in what you said, though, about you know, stepping up and kind of sticking up for yourself against, you know, politicians who are making rules for you. I honestly think if it were to become a thing where it was mandatory, there'd be civil war. I mean, people would, right. Which is kind of scary because I think we're heading that way. But in the meantime, uh, Bitcoin is trading at $24,000 right now, (laughs) 24,056 to be exact. Um, Episode what? Three. The finance episode, what was it? Uh, Hold on. I'm going to go back or, and look right now. So that was, let's see, March 8th was the first episode, so 15th, 22nd. March 22nd. It was, oh, God. It actually had a, a good day right there. It was $6,500 on March 22nd. Okay, 6500 but she dropped down, actually, 
Yeah, that was just kind of the start of the climb. Yeah. Yep. That was right around when the, this kind of long rally kind of started. It was right I'm seeing a March bottom. 22nd, 5,800. Is that what you just said? March 22nd. I'm showing what the fuck? It's 22. Yeah, I got. I'm showing 6,500. It closed on March 22nd. Then maybe this was just like. Well, I'm either, either way. Either way. Either way. We're, tomato, we're tomato. Pairs, yeah. 24 grand right now. So seventeen thousand um, dollars. So one. <laughs> all right. Nine months. Go. All right. So this is another. I guess we're just gonna kind of like. I want to continue off that. So I sent you the. Uh, this, uh, Rasm Capital. It's a Instagram. Um, they posted that. If you invested one thousand dollars ten years ago, oh, yeah. In Google, you'd have six grand. Facebook. You'd have nine grand. Amazon, you'd have twenty-two grand. Netflix, thirty-four. Tesla, hundred and fifty-nine grand. And Bitcoin, you'd have two hundred and thirty-seven million dollars. You'd actually have more than that because when that post started circulating, it was about two thousand dollars cheaper per. So you'd have even more. How do you think that guy feels that that traded ten thousand Bitcoin for the two large pizzas from Papa John's? Yeah, dude, he probably feels like a jackass. Ten years ago, so that it was it was like I don't want to say it was like May, what, it was some sometime in May, two thousand ten. I just looked the story up the other day, and that's why I know that. But so, ten thousand Bitcoin for two pizzas from Papa John's delivered, and today that would be roughly two hundred and forty million dollars. Yeah, two hundred forty million dollars. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. That's a, <laughs> sounds like a good pie. Um, yeah, the other thing that I had sent you, it's like people are trying to buy point one Bitcoin right now. Right. So one tenth. So you're talking twenty four hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin. Right. It's like holy shit, but it's cool, man. It's like, well, I, Ben, if nothing else, it gives credence to your faith in this. You know, we've told the story over the year or over the years, over the months that we've been doing this. But three years ago, March 2017, you know, you and I had a conversation where it was the first time I was being introduced to this. You were telling me about it. And, you know, where a, a lot of people would have looked at that, you know, and, and then obviously it ran up into what was it, 2018 when it had the big pop. Yep. Okay. Into so 2018, February. towards the end of the year, it had a big pop and then it, it tanked after that. A lot of people would have seen that as the sign to get out and, credit to you and it's well-deserved like you had the balls and the patience to stick with it and if anything add to your position you're the worst stock trader i've ever met in my entire life but when it comes to cryptocurrency i've never seen anybody who's been more disciplined of an investor and i mean it's paying off for you now man you know i mean shit dude just take it day by day but uh it's definitely fucking fun and I think my favorite part about it is like anybody that I told about it, well, I, this is like hard to say because anybody that owns Bitcoin is profitable right now. Right. Um, but a couple of years ago, like if you had bought at 18 grand and it yeah. went all the way down to four, right. like there was people who lost big dough, right. but that's what they came up with that term HODL, H-O-D-L. And that stands for hold on for dear life. And uh, I remember fucking riding that wave all the way down, but it was like, so, like I just knew 
it was too fucking it was too legit for it to not like pop again and I, obviously it's like here we are so yeah i mean you believed in it and, and and listen i get it it's weird for people to it's it's a weird concept for people to grasp because it's it's you know it's it's basically how do you let go of the concept of excuse me fiat currency and accept the concept that there are other things that are worth money our uh, close personal friend dylan brown is uh oh, is recurring, live in guest, the audience. recurring guest dylan brown but it, it's it's like and, and the reason i i bring it up like that is because i was i was in an account this week and i was talking to this kid who's what up dill Hey D, how are you? Ooh, sit uh, down, join us. Yeah, sit down, man. Come on. Welcome. Welcome. It's episode forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I sorry. Oh, go ahead. I did want to say the whole thing was like, so everyone that we I chatted with that got in on it is fucking crushing it, right? Oh now. yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan just raised his hand and smiled. So, so I was talking to this kid uh, that works in one of my accounts this week. He's like a twenty-four-year-old kid. And, uh, he, he asked me and he goes, uh, he goes, you know, do you have any Bitcoin? So yeah, I got a little bit, you know, I said, I got a little bit of cryptocurrency and, and he said, yeah, he goes, you know, I bought, he goes, I bought like $10,000 back in March and I just re I really like kind of forgot about it. And then I just happened to look the other week and I've, and I've made 14 grand on that 10 K or whatever the numbers were. I, I don't remember the exact specifics. And then I said to him, I said, Hey man, that's great. You know, I said, hold on to that. I said, I think by this point next year, you know, we're going to be looking at prices, you know, even if they're just 50% more, that's still crazy growth in a year to grow 50% compared to something like the S and P 500, which goes up 10% or, you know, even the NASDAQ this year, which had a crazy year is only up 42%. And so he said, you know, honestly, I, I think I'm going to sell. And I said, well, why would you sell? And he said, I just don't like, I don't understand why it's so expensive. And so my counterpoint to him was, well, why is the US dollar worth a dollar? He said, I don't know. It just is. He said, no, it's worth a dollar because you believe it's worth a dollar because the guy you give your US dollar to believes it's worth a dollar. That the US government believes it's worth a dollar. And like, that is currency. You and I have talked earlier this week. Like, currency is... Like, like it's just a man-made construct, you, you know, know I, I mentioned it at some of the point in one of the other episodes, like if tomorrow the government decides, hey, scallop shells are going to be what we use as currency, you can go out and grab a bunch of scallop shells because they- Dude, I'd be combing the beaches. <laughs> they had, they've had value added to them. And like, and that's how currency works. It's a belief system. It's just that you believe that it's worth something. So, you know, anybody who- at this point in 2020, you know, December 19th, 2020 is sitting here thinking that this isn't going to keep going up. I mean, you're just going to miss out. And then, and then when it becomes an accepted currency all over the world and you're looking at it, it's $50,000 for one. And you're thinking, man, I really fucked up. Like, but that's the, that's the light side. All right, here, let's look at like legitimate, just mathematics. Oh, that's a hundred percent growth. I mean, that's, you know, no, but, but hear me out. People don't understand the institutional wall of wealth coming into Bitcoin right now. We're talking like major financial groups dumping in hundreds of millions a day. Okay. 
So they're expecting next year that there's going to be a $600 billion wall of institutional wealth coming into Bitcoin. So if you add what is currently the market cap, it's like, I think 380 billion plus 600, that puts it over a trillion. If you divide a trillion by 21 million, which is how many Bitcoin there will be in the end, which currently there's only 18 million circulating. You're looking at a $50,000 Bitcoin just at a trillion dollar market cap. Right. So, but you, but you, 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 you have to put that in context a bit because if I'm not mistaken, there's only like four U.S. companies that currently have a market cap of one trillion dollars, and I don't even I, Apple, Amazon, yes, Google, yes, maybe. Listen to yourself right there. Four U.S. companies. It's a fucking international, worldly currency. We're not dealing with just the United States anymore. Any country can hold Bitcoin. So it's not just like, you know, U.S. dollars involved. We got pesos. We got no. I, I get all that. I'm just saying for com- for comparative sake, and when you're talking about a trillion dollars market cap, a lot of people don't know. First of all, a what market cap fucking means, and b what the scope of a hun- of a trillion dollar actually, market cap. They actually, they probably is. would know what market cap is if they if they listen to episode three. I don't even know. We, do we even talk about market? Well, cap? Well, market cap is the amount of money market capitalization. It's it's the amount of money that would be like in the stock. You know, so you, like, that's a bad way to describe it. It's if you take the, the share price times the outstanding shares is the market cap. So if a company has a million shares outstanding at $1 per, their market cap is $1 million. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Obviously I'm like for the low level minds, you're for the upper level minds. So it's like, you're an artist, Ben, you're an artist. I'm a scientist. You're Van Gogh. I'm, I'm curious. As, as long as you're not fucking Bill, as long as you're not Bill Nye or that other nitwit, um, <laughs> what's that guy's name? Fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's full of shit. Too. Hey, I like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Chill out, bro. Take it yeah, easy. Yeah, but he's just you know he's a talking head. Well, he's a pretty fucking smart guy. Hey, let's get Dylan on this. Dylan, what do you what do you think about the explosion of Bitcoin over the last week? Yeah, Dylan, actually, from a not from a non-believer to a believer. Please. All right, here, 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 here. Actually, here on, hold on. Let's let him take a deep breath, gain his thoughts. Okay. Because he's here and he's he's fucking. And we love having guests. Hey, there's 48 million millionaires in the world, and there's only 21 million available Bitcoin. So if every millionaire currently wanted a Bitcoin, they could each have 0.45 Bitcoin. I'm amazed you can keep track of all these numbers. I can't right, even well, keep track I, of what I was never into. Any talking to the mic, though. How much closer do I got to get here? Get can in. Get right up there? in it, baby. Shove that thing in your this. mouth. All right. So I, I like wasn't in on it at all. And then how many times do like have you told me like, dude, you got to get into the ether. You got to get into the Bitcoin. And I kept pushing it off, pushing it off. And obviously you did pretty well on it. And then finally, I just bit the bullet because I had some cash to throw at it and, and it only went up. So, like, it's easy to say now, like, well, what the fuck was I doing? I should have been in this a long time ago. But now, you know, it's like, 
you know, I'm still skeptical about like, you know, where is that money right now floating around in the, the ethernet or whatever you call it. I don't know. And it's, uh, are we having trouble? No, you're good. Oh, right now. <laughs> no, he was putting the headphones like where the mic could pick up the noise on. And that's why I told him to pick the headphones up. I guess my question D is like, as we've like chatted about it, do you, as a, we'll call it like an amateur crypto investor. Like, are you starting to understand like the finite, like, like how it's finite? I get, yeah, I get that there's only so many of them, but it's just hard. It's hard for me. And I'm, you know, I want to believe that, but it's hard for me to believe that if it's, if this is just some sort of computer, like digital thing that they can't re engineer it so that there's more Bitcoin available. Sure. I mean, it's not like, like they, and it's probably because I don't understand it. Maybe there is a way that it really is finite, but to me, it seems like somebody down the road could just type up a couple more of those bad boys. I don't know. Now, so I'm skeptical where it will go, but like I said, I, I invested some money that, you know, I had to play with. So it wasn't like I, you know, needed you know, needed that cash or at the time or whatever. So really it just kind of helped. I think, I, I think that the, the, what you just said, like, I, I think there is a, 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 a level of, I was just about to fucking say, and I stopped myself. Some a man, <laughs> I think I, but I, so let's say, let's say a major superpower government, you know, whatever buys up a shit ton of Bitcoin to the point where they have a control. The U.S. Sharing. government. Yeah, let's say Call the U.S. It, government buys they already up. do. They have a position in Bitcoin. Well, sure, but let's say they take a position where they own 50% of the available Bitcoin. They then kind of control the market. So, like, that, I guess, is, like, kind of the scary part about cryptocurrency is if you don't already have it, like, it is to a degree susceptible to, like, things that, you know, the SEC regulates when it comes to the stock market, pump and dumps and stuff like that. Like you and I, Ben and I were talking earlier this week and, you know, we were talking about major investment banks taking positions in Bitcoin. You know, what if it's a situation where, you know, JP Morgan Chase, the, the largest uh, investment bank in the world, buys a, a $1, billion, $1 billion position in Bitcoin, which would drive the price up, and then they just dump it. You know, like there are ways that the value can be manipulated when it comes to Bitcoin. And when, when's the last one issued that? Uh, 2024. Okay, so 2024, so we're only four years away. As that date draws closer, if you're- Actually, don't, it just, it, the blocks just cut in half. All, like they keep cutting in half. So right now they're, it's, it's mining at like six Bitcoin per block. Okay. At the last halvening, it was 12. Now we're down to six. Right. So it's going to be three and it's going to keep going down to like minuscule amounts, yeah, and, yeah. which like, right. Is the beauty of like where, Bitcoin. where it's getting at. So let's even say for the sake of argument, 2028, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. If within those last two years, as it's coming to an end, if Bitcoin at that point is an accepted currency worldwide, if funky shit were to start happening, you know, because the same way with fiat currency, you know, money changes the way people react. It changes the world. It changes the way people interact with the world. 
it's not that crazy a thought, like as, as Dylan was just kind of saying, like to see what the fuck could happen as it gets close to the end of available Bitcoin coming out. Does, totally. does that blend? Does that mean that other cryptocurrencies will start to explode and, and will give credence to them or will they fall by the wayside? It could, it could very well, it, it could go either way. It could either explode it or, or kill it, you know? hundred percent. And that's, I was going to say exactly why I have a position in Ethereum because Bitcoin is really only a storage of value. It's consider it like the gold of cryptocurrency. Right. Whereas like Ethereum, you know, when the United States post office said that they were, you know, implementing blockchain technology into their whatever system, like they're using the Ethereum network. Is that why none of my packages ever show up on time? Actually, I'm, I'm fucking waiting on a package too right now. I'm pretty chapped. Dude, it was supposed to be here last Monday. It's fucking Saturday. Right now. Well, I, dude, it, it and forget e the post either office. Either way. Yeah. IBM is developing blockchain technology. Facebook is developing blockchain technology. It is becoming, it is becoming the wave of the future. And if you, as an investor, look at a company like Facebook, IBM, the United States post office, which is the only government office that generates revenue, like, and thinks, Hmm, you know, maybe they're onto something. It, you know, I know it's a high price. I know 24 grand's a lot. The great thing about cryptocurrency that you can buy the stock market has adopted to a degree is that you can buy fractional shares. You can buy pieces of it. You don't have to buy a full one. Um, and that's the beauty of Bitcoin. If you, if you have 50 bucks to spare, you can buy $50. Which is, Bitcoin. which is why it's very enticing as like, it can, one Bitcoin can be divided into 1 million Satoshis. So it's like, now you take that 21 million Bitcoin, but then you divide that by a million. No, you multiply it by a million. Multiply it by a million. Like you're looking at a huge number. Like would that actually, could we find out if that number would no. be like bigger than the U S market cap of like the USD? <sighs> so what did we say? 21 million times one times 1 million, right? Yeah. It's going to be in the multi. Yeah, come on, bro. But right, 2.1 E plus 13 is the number. Okay, right, right, right. But that, all I'm saying know, is, so now if you, if you said how many U.S. dollars are in circulation, I bet you it's smaller than the number that you just brought up. Uh, USD in circulation. There are, well, that's it, huh? It's only $1.2 trillion of US currency in circulation. Okay, so 1.2 trillion. Well, I guess in circulation, what about in everyone's bank account? That counts as in circulation. Okay, so there you have it. Like, Dude, hypothetically, that's crazy. Hypothetically, the, if you started breaking the Bitcoin down, like that could be easily, like, yeah, I don't even have to argue. Sochi. Hey, hey, in the mic, in the mic, in the mic. Is one million Soshi the same Satoshi. as Satoshi? 
one million sushi is the same as one million dollar. I mean? Well, is it California rolls or <laughs> <laughs> spicy tuna rolls? But I guess like, yeah, you know what I mean though? Is, is that like how does that convert to dollars? So well, say, it'll depend. We it'll depend. And I have one Bitcoin, so that means I have one million Satoshis. Right. Is a fucking Starbucks coffee costing me six million? Satoshis no, it's probably, costing you like, it's probably costing you like a fucking a hundredth of a Satoshi. Yeah. Okay. Um, or, or like a thousand. And, and it's gonna millions. it's gonna depend. The same because here, okay, here's the thing about the U.S. dollar is that like. People, I give you a dollar bill, you say, okay, this is worth $1. But in reality, Here, if, here's four Tootsie Roll Pops. If you're, if you're, saying, one has the uh, Indian star. <laughs> Native American, Dill, come on, you're going to get us fucking oh, canceled, bro. <laughs> Feathers, not dots. <laughs> if you, but if I give you a dollar, you say, okay, this is worth one USD, right? But, in reality, if you're a Forex trader, that one US dollar is worth like 0.8 euro and, and you know, 0.75 Forex British pounds. Foreign exchange. So in reality, yes, it's worth one US dollar, but how much is that dollar worth elsewhere? And the dollar has lost a fuck ton of value this year. But no, what tripped me up about the $1.2 trillion of US currency in circulation is like, Okay, I get that people from other countries can invest in U.S. companies, but Apple's market cap is two point one five trillion dollars. So, like, it, it's bigger than it's the U.S. economy, twice as much of as the yeah. fiat currency. Aaron, answer. Aaron, but Aaron, be careful. Go, I'm go, an Apple shareholder. Don't talk I, trash. No, no, Apple. I'm, dude. I'm about to pump it up. How many, how many people in Great Britain have an iPhone? How many well, people right. In China sure. have an iPhone. Right, right, right. How many people in India have an iPhone? How many, you know what I mean? We're talking. It's not. That is exactly why it is, you know, what it is. Right. That's why those no, companies totally. fucking run the world. Right. I mean, between Amazon and Apple, you're talking $2.76 trillion of market cap. Just those two companies. That's fucking wild. Um, well, fuck, man. I mean, I think we've basically run to our time. This, is, this has been a fun chat, Benny. By the way, Penn National Gaming gonna hit hundred dollars a share by the end of the year. Let's oh, fuck fucking go, you, dude, I'm Let's so fucking mad. see. I go. don't know. Like, I don't know if I can be mad or if I. You know what I mean? It's like Benny, get in. It's gonna be two hundred by June, baby. Ah, oh, fuck. Don't get in now. Don't get in now. It's too. You're. It's too. It's overvalued. I mean, no. I'm. I'm being facetious. Hey, but. hey. Aaron, we should quick talk about that Robin Hood, the Massachusetts like. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgotten about it. Do you do you want to uh, paint the picture? Uh no, because you're a better painter. <laughs> Even though I just compared you yeah. to Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. So all right. So Ben sent me this post earlier in the week, and it was a. Uh, it basically said this: Massachusetts regulators to file complaint against Robin Hood, and and to to summarize it, basically. What it said is that Robinhood is too, almost like too friendly of an app and it doesn't do a good enough job protecting its customers. Basically saying that like people have lost small fortunes while using Robinhood and then are expecting Robinhood to either A, cover their losses or B, make up for it. Um, 
which is ridiculous. Um, here, I'll, I'll just read this quote real quick. Robinhood has opened up financial markets for a new generation of people who were previously excluded. We are committed to, this is from the Robinhood spokesperson. We are committed to operating with integrity, transparency, and in compliance with all applicable laws and regulations. The complaint from the office of William Galvin, the secretary of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, marks the latest round of scrutiny that the popular brokerage has faced in its short history. Since it was founded less than a decade ago, Robinhood has exploded in popularity, amassing more than 13 million customer accounts. Traders tend to be drawn to the user-friendly platform that allows customers to trade securities like stocks for free. Um, that was not from the Robin. Oh, no. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, the complaint said, uh, but, but, but violating state laws and regulations, Robinhood exposed Massachusetts investors to unnecessary trading risks by falling short of the fiduciary standard adopted this year that requires broker-dealers to act in their client's best interest, the state said. So basically, if you lost money on Robinhood this year in Massachusetts, they're suing the company so that you can get your fucking money back, which is patently ridiculous. If you put your money into Merrill Lynch or Wells Fargo or whomever, and you lose your money, that's, That's it. it. You, you lost, lost your, your fucking, fucking money. money. And, and so, so I, I don't, don't understand, understand why retail investors who have used Robinhood, which by the way, is a extremely simple, very easy platform that makes things very easy, can be upset if they lose their money. money. If, if you're, you're a margin, margin trader, Ben, you remember that story about that kid that came out who was a margin trader and his account showed that he was like negative $200,000 and then he killed himself. Turns out it was, it was a settlement error in his account and he was freaking out but like okay first of all margin trading is extremely risky and it involves leverage and if you lose you're going to lose big time if you're doing that and you don't have the experience to do it that's fucking on you it's not on the app to tell you hey you probably don't have enough experience you shouldn't be doing this if you have the money they're going to let you do it the same way well fargo wachovia does wachovia even exist anymore well, I guess Merrill it's, Lynch, a, it's the same thing. Like if you're, it. if you're betting on sports, it's like, right. you know, if you lose, it's like your bookie's not going to be like, ha, it's okay. Sport. Yeah, right, hey, exactly. Hey, Hey sport. It's <laughs> right, okay. Bubs. Right. You, you got, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just another thing. But I guess my whole thing was like, even looking at the other side of it, I, I the way I kind of perceived it was like, the institutional investors are like pissed that Robin Hood exists. They totally are. They totally are. Do you know, do you know how much, like, I don't, I don't know the number. This is rhetorical question, but do you have any idea like how much money traders in, or brokers make a year off of basically taking their clients money and growing at 15% like Robin Hood, say what you want about the accessibility of the platform. And it's had its days where it didn't work like in March when the market was fucking shit yep, in the bed. Yep, like, yep. like there's negatives you can say about it, but at the end of the day, it allows you to trade commission free. And like, if you're willing to take the time and do the research and learn, you can make money and, and you don't have to fucking pay anybody to make money for you. Spoiler alert. So, some of the days when like Coinbase shut down, people don't realize that that's probably like a light, like a, like a shining light for you. Because if you go to make a rash decision when the market is like, absolutely volatile yeah. it, it, if everybody is logged on trying to sell their shit 
you should not be fucking selling your shit. Correct. You should be buying more. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, I get that, but it's almost like the days that the fucking, that Robin hood shuts off or Coinbase shuts off. It's probably for the better. Yeah. Like agreed. You know, agreed. I remember, I remember the first day that Robin really had a problem was March 16th, which was, like a fucking bloodbath. The Dow Jones was down like 2000 points. It was a fucking bloodbath. And in the morning you could not get a trade through. And like you said, yes, listen, if you're somebody who's 65 years old and for whatever reason you have your retirement account in Robinhood, all right, you should probably worry about pulling your money out because you're at retirement age. You want to retire. You need to protect the money you do have. But if you're 20 to 40, you had time to let your money sit in there and grow. And guess what? The SP 500 is up like 15% this year, even tanking in March, it's still up 15 fucking percent this year. So like it all worked out. Patience is a virtue. It's extremely important when it comes to investing. Um, but no, of course still. Don't you think, I, I thought I read something online that said like, um, that the amount of like what we're actually like affecting the market, like when us little like bottom feeders are trading on Robinhood, that it's not even a splash in the bucket, like compared to these like big wigs that are investing million, and that we're not really affecting anything. No, I mean there's 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 definitely part of that that's true, but I think where the concern is is the future, right? So what you're talking about right now, yeah, the amount of money that gets exchanged on Robinhood probably at the end of the day doesn't make a difference to the CEO of Goldman Sachs, but at the trend, if the trend we're going, if say another competitive product comes out that again is commission free, that's money that's all coming out of these big banks and it's being retained by the people using the apps and it just grows the wealth that's on the street. I talked about it a long time ago, but I really think that this is like the period in America's history where the wealth gap will start to close because yes, more and more yes, people yes. are doing their own research. They're ignoring what institutional investors have to say. Institutional investors are getting into things that retail traders have been in for years, things like Bitcoin and stuff like that. So I, I really think we're hitting kind of a point where if we continue on the trend that kind of happened this year, we're going to start to see the wealth gap get closed in America because people are being smarter with their money. The amount of people that reach out to me on- Dude, I, I want to fucking say something about that. Like, I can't tell you how many, like, like I met, a kid last night, um, a close family friends, I guess he's dating their daughter and, uh, he's an awesome fucking kid. And we're just like, we're like shooting the shit. And one of my dad's buddies brought up like, Oh yeah. He's like, Ben, he's like, cause I obviously like, I'm not working right now, but like, I'm, I am, you know, in a, in a way, but At least like, you're not homeless anymore. I don't right Exactly. Um, but what I was getting at, he's like, Oh, he's like, I, I heard you, uh, whatever are, are into that i actually i think it's exact words like, oh, i heard you you're into that bitcoin stuff and uh i like whatever i didn't, I didn't say anything but the, my new friend like chimed in he's like oh fuck yeah dude like and then he starts talking about you know he's in crypto but then he starts talking about like he's an options trader Mm. You know, and he made God bless a him. ton off pen. Yeah. You know, and he, he would buy uh, whatever. Contracts. And then the strike price would yep. hit. Yep. He'd yep. own all of them. Yep. 
and he made a boatload. Oh, and, so he um, actually executed his options and kept yeah. the, kept. Ah, good for him. Smart, fucking brilliant. Um, I think about that a lot because I remember at one point back in like April, I was looking at. This is fucking crazy. And, and sorry, but like you and I talk all the time. Yep. And I still didn't really ever grasp like how that worked, and he explained it to me. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is like there you have it it's like fucking young kids not that we're young but like you know it's a thing people are fucking right involved right. and they're like making their money make right. more money at, at, at a rate that has probably never been seen before exactly um well that's as good as place as any to bring it home benny um great job today pal dill you too thanks for chiming in thanks for being here appreciate you hey d say say uh Thanks for having Secret me out. Out. Oh, thanks for having me on the, uh, on the podcast, guys. Yeah, hey, Merry Christmas. Shit, by the next time we talk, Christmas will be over with. So Merry Christmas. Uh, happy belated Hanukkah to uh, any of our Jewish listeners. Um, we were kind of insensitive with that. But, uh, Benny, you got anything else you want to add? Mike goes home. We got the dogs. I hope he's got some Chinese food. <laughs> Love uh, you, bro. Subscribe, rate, review. Check out the Patreon page. Love you, Benny. We'll catch up next week, pal. See you. Later. <laughs>